In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last week, Trinity Sunday rightly pulled our imagination and our prayer towards God's own being before and beyond this creation. This feast brings our concrete, contingent, needy life to the center. We confess the undivided Trinity, and that means that within God, there is always call and response, delight in the other, and ceaseless self-giving. Nothing isolated or silent, nothing self-absorbed or detached. Good theology is essential. We need theologians and poets to shape our imagination and build a coherent, right understanding of God. There are ideas about God and of what God asks of us that are wrong and need correction. Christians need to think and think clearly about what we believe. One thing we do believe is that we encounter God in the stuff of creation. The prayer book puts it this way. The sacraments are outward and visible signs of inward and spiritual grace given by Christ as sure and certain means by which we receive that grace. That's page 857 of the prayer book if the sermon gets dull or maybe for later. A catechism, you should know more about that. Grace moves towards us through nature and things tangible. Inward and spiritual is not detached from the stuff of creation of our lives. Let there be light and with it, let there be this solid earth, the wonder of seed time and harvest, the full fleshly reality of humanity, carrying the image of God in mortal bodies. And this reality is not just ours, it is by an infinite mercy, God's reality as well. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us and the eternal son of God found a place within this creation held in a mother's arms, growing to maturity in an ordinary home, walking with friends, facing opposition, holding children in his arms, nothing of this earth or of human life is outside God's own being. The incarnation places God's glory and God's dwelling here. Jesus is willing to use the stuff of this creation to bring us into fellowship with him. I am the bread of life. Those who eat of me will live forever. And given the response he gets, it might have made rhetorical sense for him to back off. No, I only meant that figuratively. It was just a symbol. He doesn't say that. And if we were reminded that we do not live by bread alone, this bread carries with it the word of God who said, this is my body. Those who eat of this bread will live forever. By his own teaching and promise, we are intended to encounter the living Christ through bread. This bread carries with it the whole of our lives, from the reality of earth's soil from which wheat and grapes grow, the economy of production and transportation, the work and the generation, the work and the generosity that sustains this parish, this bread carries all of that as it is placed on the altar. God intended there to be this creation, and that includes 
the gifts that are carried forward and brought to this altar. The bread and the wine that we carry, along with the gifts that you offer, are already signs of God's creation and of human effort, and those are precious things. We stand at the offertory procession to mark the fact that we are part of what is being carried forward, and we stand to honor what is already signs of our common life, of human work, and of real generosity, and God's creative gift. Not just ideas, but the things of this earth. If we have to think clearly, honestly, and humbly about the fullness of God's being, we also pay attention to stuff, our lives and resources, to wheat and grapes. There's meaning in bakeries and warehouses. Your body and the bodies of the people around you, it is all God's creation. And so, in their own way, they all speak of God. You can have ideas about God that are heresy and that are wrong and that distort reality. You can use the stuff of this life, your resources, your time, your body, in ways that glorify God and participate in Christ's self-giving, or that can be wasted. In grateful worship, we place the ordinary things of this world in God's hands through prayer of thanksgiving and proclamation as we call down the Holy Spirit. This bread and wine is taken into God's own life. They become the present expression of Christ's eternal self-giving. We do well to stand in awe of what grace can make of this creation of ordinary people of bread and wine. Here, Jesus says, is what I give for the life of the world. This is the bread of life. Stop and see what grace can make of nature. Pay attention to, as God moves towards you, and do not mistake this gift for less than Christ's own presence to sustain you. When we are baptized into Christ's body, ordinary, even honorary people become very members and corporate of that blessed company. When this bread and wine is offered, they are carried into Christ's self-offering, held before the Father as a sign of what Christ has done for us and for the world, held before us as a sign of God, Christ's love towards us. Jesus could have kept all of this in the realm of propositions to be believed and codes to be followed. There is that which we should do, and there are things that we should understand, discern, and believe. But we stand with our feet on this earth. We reach our hands to take the food that sustains us. God's creative love places us here, and God's grace meets us here. What an astounding world it is, God's own handiwork that we receive as gift. What a gift this sacrament is where our hunger, real and persistent, meets the self-giving love of Christ. What a world God has created where glory and life itself can be found in bread, 
freely given and gratefully received, outward and visible, and bound by the realities of time and substance, but pointing us towards glory and making us guests, blessed to be called to this feast, which is nothing less than the beginning of the feast that will bring us and all things to the fullness of God's glory. Amen.